Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, the NFL trade deadline showed up and it passed. And the Tennessee Titans did not make any moves. I'm going to tell you why I actually agree with that decision. Then we're going to step into the film room as we always do on Wednesday. We're going to take a look at Malik Willis's NFL debut. What did I see on tape? Then we'll talk about the defense and how the Titans defense used stunts up front to really take advantage of a porous Houston Texans offensive line. So taking a look at the trade deadline and what was on tape for the Titans in week eight on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Titans fans, we saw 12 trades on NFL trade deadline day Tuesday. None of them were the Tennessee Titans. I actually agree with it. I'm going to explain why before I do want to let you know that today's episode of Locked on Titans is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Thank you guys for making Locked On Titans your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform that you do stream. I am going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year round, including here on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe, smash the notification bell, and throw a thumbs up on the video right now to support the channel. It goes a long way, and I do appreciate it, you guys. But the Titans made no moves. 12 deals on deadline day, none of them including the Titans, no wide receiver, no offensive lineman, heck, nothing on defense. And the reality is, I know that a large portion of the fan base is upset. You look at it from the Titans' perspective, Derrick Henry looks like he's back to his regular self, his all-pro best running back in the league, Hall of Fame-worthy self. The Titans' defense, obviously, has been incredible. In recent weeks on this five-game winning streak, the Titans are 5-2. and two. They're one of the top seeds in the AFC. And from a fan's perspective, I could see how you're saying, hey, time to go make a move to make the offense better and go all in on this team. Guys, I have to tell you, I just simply don't agree with that move. And really what it comes down to is two things. But before I get into the two things, let's look at the 12 deals that were consummated on trade deadline day. You got the Broncos sending Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. First round pick included there. Chase Claypool from the Steelers going to the Bears. A second round pick there. TJ Hawkinson, tight end, going to the Vikings. Calvin Ridley, although suspended for the season, going to Jacksonville. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Jeff Wilson Jr., Zach Moss, Naheem Hines, some running backs being traded. We saw Zach Martin a defensive lineman be traded, Rashad Benton, Dean Marlowe, William Jackson the third, defensive backs be traded. Who on this list would even have made sense for the Titans? The only name on here that makes any sense at all with her two, 
are Bradley Chubb and Chase Claypool. A first-round pick for Bradley Chubb when you have Harold Landry on a big contract coming back next year. Some of you guys out there think the Titans should keep Bud Dupree. If you're somebody who says keep Bud Dupree, you can't say trade a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. And what about all you guys that like Rashad Weaver? I'm a Weaver fan. Honestly, next year, I would be happy with Landry and Weaver as the edge rushers for the Titans and save money by cutting Bud Dupree. I've been saying that all along. So out of the guys who actually got traded today, if you want to make up in your head that there are guys who the Titans could have traded for who didn't get traded, then sure. But you don't know that those guys were really available and for a reasonable price. So out of the guys who did get traded, Bradley Chubb for a first-round pick, I'm going to have to decline. Chase Claypool for a second-round pick. Now, if you want to hit on that, then sure, go ahead. But for me, Chase Claypool was drafted in the second round when he came out three years ago. You're telling me that Chase Claypool, at this point in his career, one season away from needing to be paid, is worth the same right now as he was coming out of the draft with four years of team control and still had potential to be maybe better than what he's been? I'm not giving a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Not to mention, I don't want Chase Claypool on my team whatsoever. That was a non-starter for me while he's a big, physical, gifted guy. We saw him celebrate his own catch and let the time run out on the game. We saw him do that in a game. Not only that, he called himself a top-three wide receiver in the NFL before the season. The guy's got zero awareness. I don't want him on my team, especially if I have to pay a second-round pick and then... Pay him in a year and a half? Christian Fulton was a second-round pick. You guys want to sacrifice a potential Christian Fulton? The starting cornerbacks on this team are second-round picks. Roger McCreary and Christian Fulton. You want to give up a, a potential starter with four years of team control for Chase Claypool? At the end of the day, guys, it comes down to two things. Two things. Number one, what you feel like is the ceiling of the team this year. You think that adding a Jerry Judy, you think that adding a Chase Claypool would make the difference between what the Titans are going to be right now versus what they could be with that player? I'm sorry, I don't see a big difference. Jerry Judy or Chase Claypool are not going to take this team from what they are right now to something incredibly better. They're not difference makers. They're not going to change the ceiling of the team. If you think that they will, and you think this team is so close to a Super Bowl that Jerry Judy or Chase Claypool will make the difference, then you're entitled to that opinion. But I think that's asinine. I think it's insane. I think it's in insane. The other side of it is how much faith you have in J-Rob. If you're somebody who at this point thinks J-Rob needs fired, he's terrible, he's garbage, he's trash, he's blah, 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 blah. Well, then, of course, you're like, hey, trade every pick in the in, in the entire cover. J-Rob sucks with him anyway. But if you're logical and you look out on the field on every Sunday and you see Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, and Kevin Byer, J-Rob draft picks, you see uh, Ryan Tannehill, who J-Rob got for a fourth-round swap. Everybody, Everybody's right now like, oh, God, we need Tannehill back so bad. Well, uh, J-Rob got him for a ham sandwich, literally trading ham sandwiches just with different cheese. And it's changed the Titans franchise. So, I see David Long, Amani Hooker, Tier Tart, Nick Westbrook-Akina, Nate Davis, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, Roger McCreary, Amani Hooker. I, I see literally all of these different 
Rashad Weaver, Elijah Molden, who everybody's begging to come back. I see all of these difference makers, all the players that you guys love every Sunday who J-Rob drafted. But I'm, I'm told every day that J-Rob's absolutely awful and he's terrible at drafting and we don't need any of the picks because of trade him. But all the players that you guys like and the reason that the Titans are 5-2 and two is because they have some good players. They have three players who are absolute all pros. Well, J-Rob drafted all those guys. So it really comes down to how good you think this team is this year. And if you think Chase Claypool or Jerry Judy makes the difference between what they are right now and what they could be, I don't. And if you have faith in J-Rob and every single week, you just love all these players that J-Rob drafted. But yeah, J-Rob's terrible. So I think outside of two first-round picks during COVID, J-Rob's been an incredible drafter. Two first-round picks during COVID. Other than that, J-Rob's been an incredible drafter and found contributing, productive, starting-level players at all rounds and all phases of the draft. And then on the other side, this team has a five-game winning streak, but they played trash, guys. The Commanders, the Colts twice, the Raiders, the Texans. Is this team making a deep run in the playoffs? And is Jerry Judy or Chase Claypool making the difference between a deep run in the playoffs or not? No. No, they aren't. So, it was a good thing that the Titans didn't send any picks away for any of these players. And I see a lot of people say, well, our first-round picks are bad all the time anyway. Well, none of the players other than Bradley Chubb went for a first-round pick. So, are you giving up a first-round pick for second-round pick players just because the first-round picks aren't? It, it doesn't make any logical sense. So, it's a good thing for the Titans' future that the Titans didn't give up any draft assets and none of the players traded today would have made a difference for the Titans long-term, except Bradley Chubb, and that's overkill anyways, with all the resources dumped into edge rusher with Bud Dupree, Rashad Weaver, and Harold Landry. It was a good day for Titans fans, whether you guys want to see it for yourselves or not. That's all I can say. But we're going to move forward. We're going to talk about Malik Willis and what I saw on tape from Malik in this game. Before we get into it, though, do want to tell you guys about Simply Safe. And look, I'm coming from the heart on this one. I am a Simply Safe owner, Simply Safe Arms, my household. Home security is so important right now. And, and you really couldn't feel safer than Simply Safe. I love all the technology, the outdoor cameras, the indoor cameras. I have glass breaking sensors. I have entry sensors, motion sensors. It's easily accessible from an app on your phone to arm your system, disarm your system, a panic button that they can give to you that you can place in your master bedroom. I mean, all kinds of stuff. There's no question why Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use that fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I would ever recommend. Simply Safe. All you got to do is go to Simply Safe dot com slash locked on NFL. You're gonna get 50% off a new Simply Safe system. That's their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
Titans fans, it is a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Now, we had to talk about the trade deadline that passed, of course, to start. But now I want to dive into the film, as we always do this day of the week. First, we're going to talk about Malik Willis, what I saw from him on the tape. We're going to cap off the show talking about the defense and how they just completely dominated Houston for 58 minutes of the game. But before we dive into Malik, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, free Tennessee Titans content all year round on all platforms, including the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe, smash the notification bell, and throw a thumbs up on the video right now. It goes a long way to help support the channel. Diving into Malik. So I kind of went, you know, there was only 10 throws, only 14 dropbacks. So it wasn't a, a ton to go through, admittedly. But Taking a look at what he was able to do, what he wasn't able to do. For me, what stood out the most is what stood out since preseason. The hesitancy to throw the ball early on the first drive. You guys might have seen this play circulating around Twitter. I know um, QB School did a good breakdown on it. I've seen some other people talk about it as well. Uh, When a rookie QB like that starts, people are going to be interested. But the very first drive of the game, the Titans run their bread and butter play action pass. You got one wide receiver on one side running the deep in. You got another receiver on the other side either running the deep post or they're running out route. Well, on this play, it was a deep in and a deep out. You had uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina coming across the middle on the deep in. You had Robert Woods on the other side of the field doing a deep out play action pass. Malik comes up from the play action fake, sticks his back foot in the ground. Boom, time to let it go over the middle. And the the bread and butter play was wide open. I mean, there was a deep post safety waiting up top that could have crashed down on it, but there was enough of a window to fit it in there if Malik lets it go. Now, let's say for benefit of the doubt reasons, I'm some guy, don't want to play Wednesday afternoon quarterback or whatever, but let's say that he was worried about the post safety up top, the free safety coming down and, and taking away the throw over the middle. Well, then you progress to the second route, which is the out route to Robert Woods. And if you look at it, the cornerback is playing zone coverage and the cornerback is literally facing inside towards the middle of the formation as Robert Woods is breaking outside. To put it more simply, Robert Woods was wide open. So Malik has to either let that ball go over the middle and hit the bread and butter play, or he's got to get to the second progression and get the ball out to the other guy who's open. His timing, speeding up his timing. And Mike Vrabel said it in his press conference, we need him to get the ball out of his hands. They literally benched him in a preseason game because they didn't feel like he was getting the ball out of his hands. He's got to just throw the ball. And these are the bread and butter plays, guys. These are the plays that the Titans think are always going to be there. And if he's not hitting those, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. Now, you can't expect him to hit the third and 12 when the Titans are backed up and they want to run a, a, a more exotic route combination against a, 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 more, a less predictable coverage. The Titans know what coverages they're getting on early downs. They know what plays are going to work. And Malik's got to hit the bread and butters. If he struggles with the other stuff, then so be it. But he's got to hit the bread and butter. So the hesitancy on that very first drive was evident early. Uh, on the Cody Hollister interception, again, Timing. Hollister was open for a second. Now, it's Cody Hollister. I didn't think it was a great route. I didn't think he had a ton of separation compared at least to the previous play. But it was there. And he waited too long. And then his brain was like, oh, I got to throw it. 
and he threw it, and it was behind. So not only was it late, it, it was behind time-wise, but it was behind accuracy-wise as well. And I think both of these things, Malik knows that he's playing too slowly, sadly. So I think in his mind, he's trying to go through things quickly. And when people say the game is slowed down, the game is very fast for Malik Willis right now. It just seems like he seems unsettled. He seems uncomfortable. He seems like he's kind of, oh, you know what I mean? And he played at Liberty. <laughs> you know, this is an NFL starting defense, even if it's the Texans. He played at Liberty. So I guess that does make sense. But what happens is when you're trying to play fast and you know that you have to speed up and your coaches want you to speed up, then you don't set your feet properly. You start to rush things with your mechanics and the inaccuracy comes in. So that's it. Yeah, Tremaine Rogers said it. He's overthinking. Correct. He, he's trying to move too fast because he needs to move faster. And it's too fast for him right now. And when you start doing that, just the regular football stuff goes away. That's why we saw a couple where he could have ran, but he threw it out of bounds because he's just overthinking stuff and not just playing naturally. And, and the only thing that can cure that is reps. One thing that I will say is I did like some of the designs that we saw after watching it on tape and looking at it. I do think in the red zone where Malik almost scored and he ran to the one-yard line and was out of bounds, the Titans scored the very next play. It was a fake read option, which kind of sucked the defense in. But then Derrick Henry went out as a lead blocker into a quarterback sweep. That's a good play design for Malik Willis. Also, that sprint right, it's not truly play action because there's no fake to the back. But Derrick Henry kind of acts like he's running an outside zone play and then he goes into the flat and Malik Willis does kind of a quarterback sprint rollout to the right. He was able to dump it off, easy throw to Derrick Henry. Henry turned around, got nine yards, yards after catch. That's the type of stuff that I like to see being schemed for Malik Willis. But the last thing that I want to talk about here, um, he threw one pass in the second half. And the moment, in my opinion, that the coaching staff kind of gave up on giving him chances was the Chigakonkwo miss late in the first half. So the Titans ultimately went down to score. But it was the Derrick Henry 29-yard touchdown run drive. It was the first play. The Titans come out in a three-tight end set. They run the play-action fake. They Everybody blocks except Chigakonkwa, who is the furthest, most, most right tight end. He's the most outside guy in the formation. His man commits to the run on the play-action fake, and he's literally going up the field all by himself. There's a deep safety, but, I mean, literally, if you just dump the ball to him within three seconds, He's going to get it, probably make a move on the safety. At minimum, you got a 20, 25-yard gain that gets you within the 10-yard line. At maximum, Chig makes a move, and he's able to score a touchdown because he's one-on-one -on -one with a safety with literally nobody else. Malik holds the ball so long that by the time he throws the ball, Chig is out of bounds. Not only did he wait so long to throw it, but by the time he threw it, because by the time he saw it, his feet were out of whack. He was like leaning over, trying to set his feet, throwing while moving sideways with his body. I mean, the, the mechanics just fell off completely. So he was incredibly inaccurate, incredibly late. And after that play, you could tell in the play calling that the Titans just said, we're not even going to give him a shot. We're not even going to try to fake him out. We're just running the ball nonstop. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. My my Roland's rant that I had yesterday about Malik Willis and how we got to come to terms with Tannehill will be the starter next year. 
And there is a chance that Malik Willis will never be ready, even in 2024. Like the things I saw yesterday kind of cement that that is a reality, even though it's been a reality since the draft with him maybe never being ready. That's just the reality of all drafted players. But now I know for sure that the Titans can't move on from Tannehill next year. And I am a little bit worried about 2024 um, with that. That Aconquo miss was was really bad. And the coaching staff at that point kind of moved on and said, doesn't matter what we see. We're just going to run the ball, period, nonstop. So a little, a little concerning, but we will see what happens going forward. We're going to continue this rewatch Wednesday. I'm going to dive into what I saw from the Titans' defense schematically. A lot of stunts up front attacking the interior offensive line of the Texans. Boy, it was beautiful. I'm going to break down that and some coverage stuff as well. Before we get into it, though, do want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. Guys, Prize Picks makes daily fantasy literally as simple as it could possibly be. They have projections for each player 300 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes, 100 rushing yards for Derrick Henry, one touchdown pass for Ryan Tannehill. All you do is you look at the projection and you say whether you think it's going to do more or it's going to do less. Is Mahomes going to have more or less than that? Henry, more or less than that? You pick out two to five players, and you pick their more or less, and if you win, you can get up to 10 times your money on your entry. All you have to do is download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com right now and check it out. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, you get a free $100. You deposit $50, you get a free $50. Don't forget, use that promo code locked on at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app for an instant deposit match up to fans, we are going to cap off today's rewatch Wednesday. We talked about the lack of activity from the Titans uh, on the trade deadline. For me, for what I saw get traded on Tuesday, I didn't want to pay the price for any of those players, and I don't think any of those players outside about two of them even helped the Titans anyways. Uh, we talked about Malik Willis and how the hesitancy and then the footwork leading to the inaccuracy is really something that I'm worried about going forward that he needs reps to overcome. Now we're going to dive into the defensive rewatch notes here. Before I get into it, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, free Tennessee Titans content on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe all year round. I'm always here at your team every day. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All the biggest sports stories in under 25 minutes every day. So you're all caught up on all the biggest sports news every single morning. Goes perfectly with the Locked On Titans podcast. But moving into my defensive film notes. And just so you guys know, I do this every single Wednesday show. Dive into the film. Tell you what I saw schematically. If you look in the description of the episode right now, you'll find a link to my Tic Tac Tuesday film thread on Twitter with all the film clips of what I'm describing. But on defense, I thought some interesting wrinkles, and I saw a little bit from the Titans on this note early in the season with Joe Schobert when he was first brought onto the team. But seeing it against the Texans made sense because the Texans 
who didn't have a lot of their wide receivers, who are a run-first team anyway, wanted to load up, be a little bit heavy with the personnel, which means the Titans, who typically will play in nickel or big nickel, had to be in their base defense. Well, the Titans don't have a lot of pure edge rushers right now with Harold Landry being out and some of the uh, churn that they've had with them early in the season. So what the Titans did in this game, they put Dylan Cole at outside linebacker. Was Zach Cunningham coming back to play middle linebacker? They have Dylan Cole playing outside linebacker so they could be in a base defense. They also used Demarcus Walker at some 3-4 outside linebacker and five-man fronts. So I really like to see that. And what the Titans liked to do last year with Harold Landry because his athletic skill set represents uh, an incredible chess piece that you have. The Titans, so they could stay in base defense, but also counter three wide receiver sets against teams who like to run the ball out of three wide receiver excuse me, they would play a 4-3 and they would have Harold Landry as an outside linebacker be over top of the slot cornerback. Well, they did that a little bit with Dylan Cole in this one because they wanted to protect against the run game of the Houston Texans. So I like seeing that little wrinkle. Cole was an overhang defender and also as an outside linebacker in a 3-4. I thought that was pretty cool. What really dominated the game, though, was the interior defensive line play from the Titans. Jeffrey Simmons, Tierra Tart, and it wasn't just in the run game. Of course, that was a factor, but getting all that pressure in the pass game, and it was all about interior stunts. There were numerous stunts during the day. I remember seeing one where Sam Okwe Anonu was playing as the defensive end, and he flashed inside and basically set a basketball screen for Jeffrey Simmons, who was at defensive tackle, and Simmons kind of looped around him, just a two-man twist stunt. But what you're doing is, you, basically, they were trying to put the guard into conflict for the Texans. Number 64, whoever that was for the Texans, I apologize to your family, but that was brutal. Kenyon Green, number 59, the rookie guard for the Texans, struggled in his own right, but 64 on the Texans. Woo boy. Oh, man. Really, really struggled dealing with anything. So the twists and the stunts up front from the Titans really got home. I do want to mention a cool coverage that I also saw from the Titans' defense. So coverage-wise, the Titans played a ton of man coverage in this game, which is what I expected from my game plan Friday episode because the, without Nico Collins, other than Brandon Cooks, there's nobody to be afraid of. And when you have Christian Fulton, okay, we'll do that. But when the Titans weren't in man coverage, which on third and long, pure passing situations like that, They'll go to zone coverages just to keep it simple. But what the Titans did a couple of times is they ran either cover two where one of the safeties was paying extra attention to Brandon Cook's side or what they do is they'd run cover three and they'd have Kevin Byard come down as that, you know, intermediate over the middle defender, but he would shade towards Brandon Cook's and, and basically watch Brandon Cook's from the get-go. So I really love that running traditional coverages like cover two and cover three, but doing it in a schemed up way to where you have one specific player who you trust, a la Kevin Byard, specifically look at Brandon Cooks. Kevin Byard had bad grades on pro football focus this week, and I think some of it was their lack of understanding of maybe what coverage the Titans were using. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And they knew exactly what coverage the Titans were going with and Kevin Byer didn't execute it properly. But it looked like, it almost looked like the Titans were running, you know, cover three, three under, 
cover two, three under with that extra guy shading with Brandon Cooks or having a specific responsibility, whether it be a man coverage on a specific guy or a specific zone or leaning or shading towards a specific guy. So I just like how the Titans said, hey, we trust our defense to play zone coverage a man down, essentially, with less than seven so that we can dedicate a specific man to do a specific responsibility based on something that we're seeing on tape. So I thought that I thought that was awesome, personally. I enjoyed that. Uh, I do just want to mention, the Texans are, are a really bad football team. Like, I've been doing this for four seasons now. Um, I've been breaking down tape and, and looking at football from, uh, you know, kind of a micro view for longer than that. I've really been focused on the tape study the last four seasons. I can't recall watching a team quite as bad as the Texans. I mean, they are a truly, really, really bad football team. Uh, zero resistance up front against the run. I mean, I know that was obvious, but watching it on tape, it's embarrassing, really. Uh, when Derrick Henry ran in that touchdown from the one-yard line, the cornerback, number 24, is literally sprinting backwards like it's a pass when it's an obvious run. I mean, he he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to do it. I mean, that kind of stuff would just never work in the Titans locker room. I I mean, as a person who, like, loves football, it, it, it was disrespectful, the type of effort that the Texans gave out there, really, um, especially the defense. So, not good. If you're a Texans fan or you wanted the Texans to maybe make some progress towards positivity this year, I guess getting rid of uh, Jafar Easterby is good for him, but boy, that's probably the worst football team I, I've ever watched on tape since I've been doing this for four seasons now. Oh, oh boy, they were bad. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We went over the trade deadline. We went over Malik Willis's performance on tape, the defense's performances on tape, some wrinkles that I saw on defense. Hopefully you guys enjoy this type of content that you're going to get every single day around here on the Locked on Titans podcast. But I'll be back with you tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. We're going to have one of the hosts of Locked on Chiefs on the show. I think Chris Clark will be the one joining us to break down what's going on with Kansas City. And then Friday will be my game plan episode where I break down what the Titans need to do on offense and defense to get this win against the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.